This is the Tulsa World Newsroom Podcast. I'm editor Jason Collington of the Tulsa World. Uh, I'm here today with staff photographer Mike Simons, one of our veteran guys uh, who has uh, shot everything and anything during his long career here. Um, and today in this podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, three of his photos that have really stuck with him. Uh, he's taken millions of them, and uh, we're going to talk about three of them. This podcast is where I get a chance to talk to the reporters, the photographers, the editors of the Tulsa world and get the stories behind the stories. Uh, and uh, I thought this first episode would be a good good place to start with Mike Simons, uh, one of the veterans and one of the best journalists I've, I've ever worked with in my career. Um, Mike, we've got three photos that you've picked out. Uh, why don't you start with the first one? Uh, why, why not? Let's just start at a KKK rally. That's right. Um, well, the, when you asked me to pick three photos, I kind of thought I would pick from the beginning of my career at the Tulsa World, kind of the middle of my career, and then this year or last year. So um, that's why I picked that photo. Uh, it was one of my first, it was, I think, 97, um, 1997. Um, the KKK had a rally in Tulsa. Um, and kind of the setup for the rally was they were on, on the courthouse steps. Um, and back then, there was no um, <clears throat> road that ran through the middle of the street. It was a, just a plaza. And so the way that the city divided it up was they put the KKK on the courthouse steps where they wanted to be, where their permit was for. Um, and then they put protesters over on the library side and they put barricades up and in the middle where the road is, um, they had the media. So we were kind of between the protesters and the KKK and that's kind of wow. the setup. And, <laughs> wow. okay. and, and the idea was to uh, keep the protesters away from the KKK. And that's what the goal of that setup was. Um, throughout the day, that was pretty successful. Um, it seemed like the KKK's goal in, in being there was to upset protesters, cause them to riot and make them look bad. And um, they were kind of well on their way of doing that. But then um, towards the end of the protest, uh, or the, towards the end of the rally, a protester made their way somehow through the barricades and into the KKK side. And um, that was Tiffany Lanigan. And she threw up a, a, what is, I guess, a black power fist in front yeah. of the KKK. Um, and at that moment, that was kind of the picture. Um, but then the director, the national director of the KKK came up and, and stood in front of her and put up the Heil Hitler um, symbol. Um, so it was kind of, that picture kind of encapsulated the whole, the whole thing. It was kind of right there, both sides. The only thing I wish was different about the picture uh, was I wish I was on the other side so I could have seen Tiffany's face instead of the KKK director's face because um, I feel like what she did was pretty brave going as a, as a black woman going and standing in front of the KKK. Um, and so I wish I could have highlighted her more. We did have, I did have pictures of her walking away and, and that sort of thing, but I wish the picture was her face and not his face, but we were. Did you, did you see them coming together? I mean, what, tell me the, the moments before you captured this moment. It was a long time ago, um, but I, as I remember it, we were, we were, I was standing kind of at the barricade on the KKK side of the plaza, and all of a sudden she was there. I didn't see her walking up. I don't know how she got over there. Um, I, I don't think she was supposed to be over there, and I think 
shortly after that photo, I, as I remember it, law enforcement officers came and kind of escorted her away and, and that okay. was the end of it. But it was a quick, it was a quick thing. I mean, it, it didn't last too long, but um, yeah. Well, in the second photo that you picked, uh, it was a portrait uh, that you took pretty recently. Um, and there's, there's something about it. I, I remember getting in our photo system when, when uh, you said you had something uh, and, uh, and when Mike Simon says that he's got something, guys, he's got something. And uh, so I remember looking at that and there was just, I, it's weird to say, but there was a tone to it, Mike. There was a, there was a, there was a feeling about it. Tell, tell me, tell me the story behind that, that photo. Okay. So um, uh, several years ago, uh, I started a project called uh, Street Level and, and that project kind of led to this photo in a way. Um, that project was I started on Peoria and I walked the entire length of Peoria one mile at a time and, and photographed people and it really kind of changed um, the way I shoot. Uh, I, the, the story ended up being just kind of people I met along the way. I would talk to them, tell a little bit about them, shoot a portrait of them or shoot them doing in what, whatever they were doing. Um, and when that project ended, I did, I ended up doing all of Peoria, all of 21st Street and all of Charles Page Boulevard, um, walking a mile at a time and, and, and photographing people I met. Um, and then when that project kind of ended, uh, I kept doing it basically. So if, if I'm out and, and see somebody that looks interesting or somebody I want to know more about, I stop and talk to them and, and usually make a portrait of them. Um, and so uh, on this day... I was driving, I was sent to Nowada because there was a tornado that supposedly touched down in Nowada. But when I got to Nowada, I couldn't find any tornado damage. There was, it was, must have been in a, <laughs> which is a lot of times the case <laughs> in Correct. newspaper Correct. photography. Yes. Um, so while, I had, yes. while I had editors uh, talking to me on the phone, telling me to find this tornado damage, I was driving back and forth through Nowada all around. And I saw Willie just standing on the side of the road doing chores, basically, in a, on some property. And I uh, had to stop and talk to him and find out about him. And he was just an interesting guy. Uh, he thought the whole thing was funny that here he was going about his daily chores. And he sees a car zipping by and the brakes hit suddenly and turn into the parking lot. And I came running out with my camera. And he found the whole thing kind of funny because, you know, as interesting and amazing as he looks, that's just how he looks to himself. So... He didn't see anything unusual about it. Um, and so when I moved in close, really close for a portrait, he kind of really started laughing. And that's the photo. And I, I love the photo. It's a happy photo. Um, journalists a lot of times are shooting unhappy photos, which, um, you know, that's just the job. Uh, and having a photo that just, I, I've never really seen anybody look at that photo and not smile. So. Uh, well, well, you I, said I, you you shot differently before those street level projects. Why did you shoot before and what, did, how do you shoot now? What'd you say? So before um, I would go to my assignments and, you know, I would see interesting people along the way, but there was no real compelling reason to stop and talk to them and photograph them. Um, now, after doing that project, I am kind of obsessed with stopping and talking to those people. Um, it has since evolved into a gallery on the Tulsa world website called talking to strangers. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of times also news, news photographers have to photograph people that don't want to be photographed. Yeah. Um, and that's just part of the job, uh, with this and this style or this approach or project or whatever you want to call it, 
I typically don't photograph people if they don't want to be photographed. If I stop and talk to somebody, if they say, oh, I'm not really into that, I typically don't take their picture and they're fine with it. And, but I still have the conversation because the whole reason I stopped in the first place is I want to know them and I want to know more about them. So um, a lot of times I'll, some of the coolest people that I stop and talk to, some of the coolest strangers I stop and talk to uh, never get their picture taken, but we still have a good talk and have fun talking and I learn about them. And um, the, the, the best thing about doing that is, you know, every once in a while, it turns into something more. Um, yeah. A few years ago, I saw, I saw a woman at a quick trip in uh, West Tulsa, the Southwest Boulevard and 23rd Street quick trip. Um, and she was sitting in a, in a, um, a scooter, like for. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Reasons. yeah. Um, and she had a sign on the front of her scooter that said bird, crazy bird watcher coming through or whatever. And so I just had to know more about her and I stopped and took her picture and we got to talking and it ended up, I did a whole story about her. Um, she was a bird watcher, but she was limited to the quick trip parking lot basically. Um, and so she just watched ugly parking lot birds. And uh, it, it was a great story. It was about finding beauty where most people don't find beauty. Um, and through that story about Kim Fowler, uh, somebody, saw the story in the paper and knew that she was only limited to that parking lot because her her uh, scooter, she was worried her scooter would break down um, and they donated a new scooter to her. So um, then she, I was able to go with her to uh, uh, the River Park West Festival Park where she was able to see uh, Canadian geese for the first time in a long time. And she broke down in tears and it was just a, it was just a fun story. And like I said, when you are out meeting people and finding reasons to stop and talk to them, you know, that's, uh, you, uh, you find, find stories. And well, in, when people ask me why I love Mike Simons, that, that story right there reminds me, uh, that, that was a great story. We ended up writing a follow-up when she got the new scooter. Uh, and again, was it news? I think it was because again, it, we, we try to capture the, the news of the day. We try to capture the, the, you know, things to do. We try to do in-depth stuff, investigative stuff, but sometimes we just need to write some people stories. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, you and I worked on a magazine project uh, on uh, Martin Luther King uh, Boulevard in Tulsa. And I can tell you that going on an assignment with Mike Simons, he's going to stop five times on the way to the assignment because he's going to see things. I remember you and I turning around two or three times on the way to uh, getting to our destination. You're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I, I want to go, go talk to that guy. Oh, well, hold on. But that, 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 that's a cool look. Let, let me turn around. Uh, so the number of U-turns uh, 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 Mike Simons does on a regular basis, <laughs> I would guess are, uh, you do a lot of them. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, just an, another uh, kind of to complete the story about Kim, um, a few uh, year or two ago, she passed away um, and they were not able to afford a funeral for her. Uh, so somebody called me and asked if, we could do a story and uh, we ran a, a, an update on Kim that she had passed away and they were trying to afford the funeral and our readers donated enough money for her to get cremated and given a proper send off. So, you know, that's the, that's the point. It is, it is. And again, our, our readers, um, I, I hear from them often and uh, you know, they've helped us raise millions and millions of dollars every, every Christmas season for project Santa. Uh, they, I remember we've had, I've got some readers who let me know that they read the Tulsa world with a checkbook 
and uh, and and they see things and they see people who need help, uh, and they do that. It's it's an this this is this is like you said. This is why we do it. Um, Mike, let's talk. Let's talk about your last photo. Um, uh, another one that um, was striking uh, was um, tough to see. Uh, take take us to the story behind that photo. So, a um, couple years ago, the uh, city of Tulsa started restarted the search for uh, remains or victims from the Tulsa race massacre. Um, they've been doing it for decades now, um, and I photographed that for <laughs> for. I think the first time I photographed them searching was in '98. So, um, it's been going on for a while. Um, and they found credible uh, evidence that there may be a mass grave in Oaklawn Cemetery, um, a couple of them. So for the last couple years, this has been going on. They, they dug in one spot, no, no mass grave. And then they dug in a spot closer to 11th Street um, and did find a mass grave. And so... Um, they exhumed all the people, uh, all the bodies in the grave, all the remains, and, and did forensic analysis on them. And then this picture came uh, when they were reburying the remains. Um, Kevin Ross is, a, is the chair of the oversight committee for that project. And um, he, he was there when they were reburying the remains. And he... Uh, arrived in the morning and uh, walked over to the to the trench, they call it, where they were gonna rebury and had a moment of uh, quiet solitude looking at the remains. And it, you could kind of see in his body language that everything that they had been working on had kind of come together and was kind of coming to an end for that part of it. And, um, and he was emotional and I, you know, that picture kind of captured that. And um, I believe it was important for the media to be there, an independent media to be there to, to document this. And, um, and that's why, you know, that's why I picked this picture. I, I, I think it kind of highlights what, what our job in society is. Yeah, um, and, 20, and 2021 was the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa Race Massacre. Uh, and again, you were, you were part of a team that the whole newsroom was a part of, of trying to cover that, document it, uh, look back, but also talk about today and look forward and and i know that you spent so many hours out there mike i remember one night driving home late from work i saw you out there uh at the at the right there at the site where you took this photo and talking to uh, a local legislature uh le legislator a, a city councilor uh some other people that had gathered there and uh you ended up doing some drone stuff uh you know uh, and and i just I stood there listening to you just passionately talk about how important it was to be there. We had some issues with trying to be able to have the access that we wanted. Um, and uh, you were, uh, you know, you just, you were just there. And uh, those photos not only appeared in the Tulsa world, they appeared in papers all over the country. Um, and uh, I, I agree. I, it was important for us to be there. We, we had some issues with, you know, oh, we'll, we'll give you some photos. Oh, we'll give you some video. Uh, and we, we were like, no. And again, you took the lead on this, Mike. You, you, we wanted to be the ones who document this. We wanted to be there to show people what this looked like. It was a controversial thing for the mayor and the city to, you know, give money to go and look for these mass graves. I mean, our mayor has said that 
He believes this is an open homicide investigation even 100 years later. Um, and I think this photo, uh, we ran it, we, we ran it, uh, and uh, it was one of the pit photos of the year, of course. Um, but it was a photo that, again, a lot of people in a lot of places saw because it was distributed widely. And uh, I, I, for me, it's it's one of your um, it's one of your shots that's going to still be with me a long time from now. That's and that's what you know. That's what you do. You try to capture the stuff that will stick with you. Uh, yeah, I I really did believe it was very important for us to be out there. And you know, there were days where most days that I was out there, there was no assignment per se to be out there right. but between my other assignments i would stop by i mean this went on for uh i think two months when they were exhuming bodies um and so you know between my other assignments i would stop by and, and take photos and you know the city did put up a fence and a and a, a shroud kind of to where it was hard to see um and like i said i just i just believe that you know we as the tulsa world as, as independent media in this town, we owe it to whoever they're digging up to, to be there to document it. We owe it to the community members to be there to document it. Um, they, they may not be race massacre victims. They may be, we don't know at this point. Either right, way, I feel like it, either way, yeah. I feel like it was important for me to be there to document it. Yeah, we, we, they still, those results have not come back yet. As I said, they put the, the rain, remains in those coffins. They put them back in the ground. And then we're waiting for those test results. And of course, we'll report on that. Because again, you many times when you were there, there were family members, um, distant family members sitting there wondering, is that my relative that we don't even know what happened? Right. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, so many families, they don't know what happened to their to to their family members in 1921. Uh, they, and I'll just I'll just add that, you know, in in 1921, there was a group of photographers who went around and took photos of what was happening. Um, officials at that time didn't want those photos taken. Officials right. at that time wanted those photos to disappear. Um, it, had it not been for those photographers, we probably wouldn't know about the race massacre. We would know oral histories, but there would be enough people denying it and without yep. that visual evidence. And that's why photojournalism is so important because that visual evidence by independent members of the communities is, is is what we have hundreds of years from now. So, yeah. and, and again, uh, when you think of some of the worst tragedies ever, many times you don't think about a story, you think about a photo. Uh, right. And I, uh, we just had Martin Luther King Day the other day, and um, I was speaking to a class, this was years ago, and I said, hey, you know, when you guys think of Martin, when I said the words Martin Luther King, what image pops in your mind? And, you know, they all think of, you know, some of the iconic images. And I said, a photojournalist put that in your brain. Yeah. A photojournalist was the one who created that photo for you to think of. And uh, I, I agree with you that, again, our, our photo staff here at Tulsa World, um, you, as I told you guys, you guys are the eyes of Tulsa. Uh, you guys are the ones who are here to document what is going on uh, for not only history, but for context, for, uh, for us to understand some stuff. And um, one of the photos, again, I, there's, I got a lot of Mike Simon's photos in my mind, uh, but you know, you, you were able, you, when you capture moments, sometimes things happen. Like you talked about the story about Kim, I can think of other stories that have happened 
I think of people who have lost their jobs. I have think of think of people who have written a law. I have thought about people who have um, spoken up at a city council meeting after seeing one of your photos or, or, or a photo in the Tulsa world. And again, those photos stick with you. They don't, they don't just go away, but I think it's important for people to understand so many of the images in their mind, a photojournalist did that. Journalism did that. Um, and this is why we're committed to it here at the Tulsa world. Uh, Mike, when you're looking back at your career, um, you know, having some time to reflect now, what do you think the, what do you think we've got to still keep in mind when it comes to photojournalism? Why, why do people need to understand that it's still really vital to our community? Well, I think people um, now are more visually literate than ever. And people okay. now look at pictures and images all day long. Um, and photojournalism is different than those photos they're looking at typically. Um, yes. When you're on TikTok or you're on Instagram, you're getting a, a, everybody knows about the social media filter that people put on things. Um, whether it be a politician, whether it be the person that lives next door to you, there's a filter for social media that everything is great, everything is wonderful. Um, you can trust photojournalists that <laughs> we don't really care about that filter. If it's great, it'll look great. If it's horrible, it'll look horrible. Um, and, and, and we need that documentation for the community because um, like you said, in a hundred years, people need to know um, what's going on and whether it was great or wonderful or whether there was 19 people dug up from a cemetery in Tulsa and how those remains were treated um, and, and, and how the community felt about it. People need to know that. Um, so that, I think that's why it's important. An un, unfiltered look at society and an unfiltered look at our community is, is very important. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you for uh, joining me today. I'm sure we're going to be back together several other times this year as we, uh, again, my, my job here is to try to tell the stories behind the stories of the Tulsa world. Uh, we, um, we have a lot of them. And uh, my goal in this podcast is to uh, talk to the editors, the reporters, the photographers, the people that work on things and say, okay, what happened here? Where did where this all start? Uh, so thank you for joining us today. Again, this podcast is available uh, wherever you get podcasts from. Uh, we have a eight uh, Tulsa World podcasts now available. Uh, and so search Tulsa World uh, there and also look up, we've also got uh, podcasts on OU, OSU, TU, high school uh, sports as well. But again, Mike, thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. It's fun to do it.